This is Improvised Radio Theatre with Dice, with me, Michael Kuehl. And me, Roger Bell-West. Uh, this the sun is shining. It's, it's October. This is unnatural. Uh, I, I blame Brexit and all Europe. I blame climate change and Donald Trump. You heard it here first. This month we'll be talking about combat and how to manage it in a game masterly sort of a way. Um, mostly what to avoid messing up. Uh, talk, talking of uh, messing up, I've, I've been setting up a new campaign and trying not to. Um, Monster Hunters, what, what's it about? How does one turn it from a series of books into an actual game? And we'll be talking about a home away from home for your daring dungeon delvers. But before we get into that, I'd like to say thank you to Brett Evel, whom I should actually have credited back in the August episode, but due to an editing mess-up by some guy... With a beard. Uh, it didn't happen. Uh, we do have a tip jar, uh, which encourages us to uh, keep producing this rubbish. Uh, if you want to send us money, Hi. please. High-quality waffle. Let me just say... I do apologise. This is, this is, this is high-grade waffle. PayPal.me slash RogerBW. All right, imagine this. You've come in from the wilderness and you've got the remnants of the armour that the undead paladins were wearing and the head and most of the gizzards of the giant uh, river lizard and you're looking for somewhere to dispose of them and somewhere to sleep for the night. Where do you go? Or you're coming in to town for the first time. You're a young lad off the farm where... Of course, the evil landlord has chucked you and your family out. But you're big and you're strong and you think you can make a living in in the business of going underground and bashing things. Where do you go? Is there a sign? Is there an adventurer's guild? Now, I've come across this idea a couple of times in actual games run by actual people. And it has to be said... None, none of this AI-mediated gaming for us. Oh, no. I, I believe that most of the people who GM games I'm in are actual human beings. Um, but the, uh, but the whole idea is, is very much a bit, um, how can I put this? Accept it because it's in genre. Um, it's awfully convenient. It's awfully, it's very convenient for the GM. It gives structure to the, uh, uh to the, Adventures of this of this group. It gives them rivals, other adventuring groups who want to uh, jump their claims. It gives them somewhere to put their uh, stuff and put uh, put their feet up and go and have a drink. But it isn't terribly convincing as a societal construct. So my problem is: can we do anything with this that makes more sense than the bare description I've given it? Well, I think the first decision to make yeah. is, is there one guild which is the Guild of Adventurers? Mm. Or do you have, for example, uh, the priest going to his temple, the fighter going to the General Ruffins and Thugs Guild? Yeah, well, you you sort of wonder... One of the advantages of this is keeping the, um, the players together in down up to a point during downtime. Yeah, the priest is going to go and find his temple. Um, uh, but if there's a thugs and ruffians guild, and there's adventuring to be done, doesn't it become the adventurers guild when you start realizing you need thieves? Well, what, what I'm getting at, I think, is is the, the the priest, if he if insofar as he has priest specific things to do. Yeah, is going to want to do them at his temple, and that 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 might be um, well. Curse removal applies to everybody. Mm. Cursing is an equal duty occupation, um, but most obviously, if there's specialised training, which in, in a niche protection game there usually is, mm. 
Um, but also, I think, and perhaps I'm getting a bit away from the idea of a Dungeon Bash game here, um, people who talk the same language he does yeah, a nice, is a nice way of decompressing. Hmm. The, well, I mean, the priest is going to go to his, t- his temple and confess. And the mage is going to go and see, well, if he's, if he's not in his hometown where all his books are, uh, he's going to go and see the local wizard practitioner and introduce himself. Or the, um, what would they call it, satellite campus of the university. Yeah. Um, Brackets work placement division. (laughs) Yeah, I I think this makes a difference whether you're on the borders. I think by default an adventurous guild has to be on the borders somewhat. Um, Or in in high civilization. But I think, on the whole, adventurous guilds, whether there's one across the whole nation or one um, in each location, they are border they are border country institutions. Well, they're, they're, they're going to be strongest where adventurers are. Yeah, apart from anything else. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I was thinking this was something that you could use in your um, in your medieval dungeon delving idea of you need an institution. The, the Middle Ages are very much a corporate sort of society, and you need an institution that's going to um, provide cover for that bunch of ne'er-do-wells. You, you know the bit in the King of Dragon Pass computer game when the adventurers turn up and the right response is to slaughter them on sight? <laughs> We've so, been adventurers, we know what they're like. Yeah, right. They've got all sorts of weird stuff, and, and they're not even all, all of the same species. Let's kill them now. It does seem to me that the, the, the first question is, what, what does this guild offer to its members? Right. And the, there's a branch off that which I'll come back to. But the, the most obvious would seem, seem to be, okay, here are things that adventurers buy in bulk. Hmm. Healing, curse removal, armor upgrades, weapon upgrades, all that sort of thing. Yeah, contacts. Contacts. No, I'm um, saying so specifically things things they would otherwise be spending lots of money on, bought in bulk and supplied at a discount. Yes, that make that in fact that that starts to make. The other thing that occurred to me is information. Um, is the notice board on the uh, and the, yeah, if, and if, the guy if, behind if, the if, if you're a lord of an outlying castle and and, and you've got a um, vermin problem in your in your cellar. Yep. If you're, it's a single point of contact. Yeah, quite. Um, if you if you're the if you're the lunatic archaeologist with a map and you need some people to guard you as you go and find the sacred thingy of what's it, um, then this is the place to come to, and they will probably not rip you off much afterwards. Well, if they're if they're a monopoly, they probably will, but they're the only game in town anyway. Uh, the, the the other branch of that mm. is. Certainly something that medieval guilds did a lot is suppressing anybody else who does the same thing not as part of the guild. Yeah, that's the, um, that's the, the point. Do it, uh, are, are they also union inf- enforcers? What? Particularly in a case like this where maybe the wizard has had to spend years learning his craft, but your typical fighter, at least as usually presented in the game, hasn't. True. Um, there are specialist types of fighters who can have that sort of back backstory. But, but any old thug can turn up and say, "I'm a fighter, me." Yeah. Um, I, 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 well, that that sort of raises the question of how do they justify their existence if they're a real guild, an officially recognised guild? How do they justify their existence to the law and to the crowd? Well, that comes back to the um, border phenomenon, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, oh right, but because you know, if you again, this is this is arguably more world building than than the sort of game usually wants. But if you've got the situation where an outlying lord, whose whose job after all is to hold his castle on the border, yeah, is saying this is too much for me. I need specialists who who are more violent than me and my army. Well, yeah, I th- I think that the the lord can say I can defeat anything on the surface, anything that comes out and wants a proper battle. But all that stuff that's crawling around menacing society deep, deep underground, well, that you need specialists for. You like that you need um, special operation teams, plumbers, <laughs> yeah. more like exterminators. I think the, the dark arts of plumbing were lost with with the great empire. But they still have the sewers running underground. Well, naturally, they were built to last. 
Yeah, and then none of the none of the rocks fall down, or or, uh, or and the and 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 the tile work is still immaculate, and and wizards worry about this. You don't want to know what they fired those tiles with. Yeah. It went grave. Anyway, um, I, I think they need to have some sort of formal place in society. Um, mm. Something, yeah. All right, we may not like these people, but they are specialists who who can do things that society in general finds regrettable necessities, but useful. Yeah, um, we're not going. We're not talking about going the full assassins guild here. They're the only. You, you, you would need something to call the thieves. Yes. Because let's face it, what the thief does in a dungeon isn't very thiefy, typically. Well, no, the people he's stealing from are either long dead or undead, normally. And uh, who cares but about pick, that? Pickpockets very rarely comes into play, for example. Well, that's true. At least in the uh, games I've been in. Other than picking the pockets of the other players, no. Um... But yeah, so, so what you need here is to, to use the um, wording of the Betamax judgment: substantial non-infringing uses. Hmm. You know, there, there, there are legal uses for this skill set <laughs> that that we can justify allowing them to live thereby. Yeah, um, yeah, and I think thieves in the centres of civilization get get told uh, hanging, deport, deportation, or you move to the border, sunshine. Mm-hmm. I think um, what's the, what would the term uh, difficult artifact retrieval experts? Mm. Um, the difficult, uh, yeah, something like that. The 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 problem. It also, from a narrative point of view, th- this setup has a lot of advantages for uh, the for the for the GM. It allows a sense of community and a sense of rivalry if there are other teams there. Uh, it would depend on on the size of the border town and what lies beyond it how many um how many adventuring teams there were in the vicinity yeah i mean ob- obviously it's a, it's a parasitic cost compared with individual patrons finding adventurers on their mm. own yeah uh it therefore has has to justify that cost by making life easier for both patrons and adventurers yeah, and um, and it make life easier for the crown by being an extra defence against the gribblies that live outside the border. Yeah, and this, this doesn't fit well, perhaps, with the adventurers are despised by society model. Mm-hmm. Um, so perhaps something. Well, they're obviously despised by polite society, but somebody on the border where they where the, where the adventurers are the ones who um, are yeah. stopping stopping the invasions before they happen. May well think, hey, yeah, these guys are quite quite handy, and at the very Go least, they have lots of gold to spend. Go where they think you're a hero, my son. <laughs> uh, there, there are, yeah, they would. Um, depends on local attitudes, but but fathers would still lock up their daughters, or not to be sexist, their sons, when the adventuring party was in, was in town. Or at least decide, but yeah, maybe um, high value prostitution is is a good career for a young offspring. Yeah. The, the alternate setups to these, which I've seen and which I've used, include the bar. Gimpy's in Parvis is the adventurer's bar. And for reasons more to do with tax um, than and keeping an eye on them than anything else, the authorities there. Um, keep um, licensing adventurers. You can get a, a proper license with 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 printing and and, and, and calligraphy and everything um, to say that you are an officially recognised um, adventurer. I do some somewhat worry wonder if that's going to continue now that the lunars have officially been kicked out. But it's it's a sensible government. Um, well, it's, it's clearly in the interest of many people for it to continue. Yeah, um, these may say something different, but you know, words, yeah. writing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the, the what was the other? Thing? There's the uh, the practicals of uh, Treadroy in Gert's Bainstorm, who are um, basically a cross between underground fi- underworld fixers and private detectives who um, do things for patrons and can be found at a regular address and and get references and things like that. I think the thing that is tricky is the risk of making them too respectable. That's true. Or or too much in demand. 
which is not to say this wouldn't work in a game, but it but it might not. You might not be able to use the the same motivations as usual. Yeah, you need to keep the adventurers slightly hungry. Um, on the other hand, um, it's sometimes easy to, in story terms at least, depending on system, um, it's sometimes easy to take their money away from them by, you know, they're doing riotous living and all those disadvantages about carousing that they uh, chose to take. Mm. And uh, I think a third distant relation is the Explorers Club. Um, the uh, Or the, some sort of gentleman's club, which allows... Uh, persons qualified in the area to swan through the door and meet up with um, persons who are rich and need your um, and need your uh, services. Is that the same thing? Or it, it mm. says much the same narrative. Um, yeah, it does depend on what the what the surrounding society is like. Yeah, I mean, supporting explorers as distinct from merchants looking for a new market. Yeah, is uh, who, who have their own way of finding employees. Well, that's true. Explorers are, be, are going out and declaring, I am an explorer, is an act of vanity. Um, what you found then? Yeah, I found Australia. Ooh. Where is it then? Show me. I've got photographs. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't very good because it's only 1827, but I've got photographs. <laughs> um, the, yeah, the uh, I brought back a kookaburra. Does that count? Oh yeah, I can see one of those down the museum. The stitches aren't, aren't as obvious on that one, but the yeah, I think I think you have to set it up so that there is, um, and 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 it's been done in a number of in a number of settings that that it makes sense that you go out into into the wild. The thing that defeats me, um, is, as it does in so many ways, is Numenera. Because there's all that stuff out there, and there's no way to make any sense of it. And there's, I've, I've never got the, the feeling there's really much of a, a what you might call a home culture in that. I mean, presumably yeah. it is, but the game is so focused on being out there, we, among, about, uh, out there amongst the weirdness. Yeah, that's that. That's one of the things that worries me that you can't tell what's strange because you don't have a, a standard. Um, you you don't know how. And gr- granted, in that setting, the standard ought to be pretty pretty strange. Yeah. Because it's all this post civilization and post the other civilization, all the rest of it. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, um, uh, but that no, I've, I've witted about that enough. But all right, we've got we've got a, a world in which there's civilization and there are things beyond the borders. If, if it is a thing of the borders, then then it cannot completely suppress the amateurs and non-members. True. What, what it will probably try to do, therefore, is say, if you reckon you're good, take our entrance tests. Oh, that's nice. Yes, I like that. The written is hard, but the practical is murder. The, the, the um, preferred union at my place of work, um, when it tried to recruit me, um, was very, very keen on talking about all the counselling services it offered. <laughs> Far more than anything else. <laughs> is that is that what people in your line of work need? Well, presumably the union thinks so. Well, yeah, you, 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 your work consists of sitting at home and answering the phone. Well, they didn't know it was sitting at home, and, I, and, they, and no, I don't give out a phone number. You know, right. I, I answer email. It's much more civilised. Point. All right. Um, the so all right. Here's the thing. How how do they actually get the discounted healing? Um, what do they offer to the temple? And unless it's the god of contract loopholes, obviously. But well, I think they offer to actually the probably to the temple and to the university, they offer f- offer first access to the weird ancient things that have been brought back from the from the ruins. Mm-hmm. Um, the I mean the temple may do it for theological reasons, um, out of either a sense of charity or because their god favours this sort of adventurousness. Though in a, in a polytheistic setting, I think it's usually um, they, they would rather you be, be a worshipper of the god. Yeah. Um, we'll send you we'll send you down, down the te- temple of Thugrup, the, uh, the blessed. You only have to sprinkle yourself with holy water. There's none of the real ritual involved. You're only a lay member. 
but Thugrap will will take your uh, sacrifice of uh, a few copper pieces and uh, mm. and a magic point and um, give you proper treatment because you are among the favoured of Thugrap. Yeah, no, and uh, yeah, pressure plasmic ooze offends him. Yeah, if you if you've been covered by protoplasmic ooze, then you may not get back to. I the, was thinking more transformed into, but oh right, yes. Yeah, I mean, players tend to whine when you turn them into protoplasmic ooze. I mean, I, it's, it's such a small change. I mean, they're, 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 they're such messy things in the first place. What did, what did you need limbs and, and, and bones for in the first place? Maybe? Make them as you need them. Yeah. Like a civilised being. Concentrate, concentrate. It's all in the, the visualisation. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, I think there is, of course, the danger um, that the guild grows over mighty. I don't know what... I don't know what the crown does when... Um, one of the adventurers comes back with something um, game-changing, some mm, dreadful artifact that is bound to him. All right, let's let's say that he's picked up um, one of those black swords that you can't put down, and is is heading in from the. Oh, I know. They send the other adventurers' guilds out after him. Yes, that's a solution. Well, th- this this is the sort of problem we've met before. Um, talk, talking about this this kind of thing, um, you you have essentially got uh, sing- single individuals who 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 can outfight armies, yeah, at least small armies. Uh, and yeah, you you need some something that employs more of them, broadly speaking. Mm. I think so. So. Particularly if you've got one that's being accepted by society, there is probably a provision in in the in the guild oaths, and it's handy that you, it's a guild because then you're a member for life. Yeah. Um, that during times of national emergency. Yeah. Congratulations, you you're you're in the special army. I'm not quite sure. I mean, I had enough trouble uh, doing my rewritten mage's oath. Um, I'm not quite sure what a guild of adventurers would promise. Um, other than, you know, obedience to the guild regulations, which you'll get to see later. <laughs> As amended. As amended. Um, do, do attend, do attend the, uh, the business meeting. You'll find it fascinating. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have some friends who, who, who get involved in, in Worldcom business meetings and, uh, find deep delight in, in all the procedural whatchamacallits that go on. And, uh, and and seem to have got themselves involved with the proposal for a gaming Hugo. Oh my word! They say that the definition of what a game is is going to be a little broad. Yeah, they're not even going to try to shut out video games. So, uh, onward, onward. different from a few I've run before, uh, although it is still basically occult investigation in the real world. This is Monster Hunters, specifically GURPS Monster Hunters. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to do a few things differently, so, so I thought I'd um, expound on these a bit. Expound away, maybe. The, the first being, while, while I've often, often said that I don't think um, di- directly copying uh, structures from other media is a good idea. I'm, I'm trying to copy some of the larger structure here, uh, specifically from a TV series. So th- this starts off with, yes, yes, I want a pilot episode. Yeah. Which, after three sessions, are about halfway through. I've even just had a cliffhanger. Um, so you're at the first part, end of the first part of the pilot. Yeah. I'm aiming for two-part pilot. That's, that's, that's standard procedure. Um, but specifically, off, after that, anybody who wants to do wholesale modifications on their character ha- has um, carte blanche to do so. This is a thing I usually do in GURPS anyway, but specifically it's, well, okay, we, we might just not have finished contract negotiations with that actor yeah. and we get somebody else entirely. So, yeah, we could replace that character completely if the player wants to. Oh, we can. Uh, and there, are, there will be 
bits in the pilot that uh, the writers never refer to ever again. Because they notice the implications, yeah. Yeah. Um, so are you starting this pilot as an origin story or in media race? It's the origin story of the group. It is not the origin story of monsters. Okay. Uh, it, it started with um, the, the four of them separately um, hearing rumours of, of a large white big cat mm-hmm. uh, loose in Jacksonville. And they went independently to find it? And ran into each other, yeah. Okay. What have you got in the way of player characters so far? Uh, at the moment, we have an ex-FBI agent mm-hmm. uh, who's basically detective and uh, face man. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a techie. We have an experiment who's quite tough and has in- interesting enchanted, enhanced senses. Uh, and we have a witch. Okay. Um... I'm I'm boggling to think why the techie wants to find a giant white monster, but I can well, see the rest of them. They they all have uh, monster hunting motivations. That's part of the lens structure. Okay, so what? They're, they're different motivations, but you know um, they they all have some reason to say, yeah, monsters should not be running out around running around killing people. So they know about monsters right from the start. None of them are. They monster. are aware that monsters exist. Yeah. Okay. Uh, they they even have some 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 degree of specialized law. Okay. Um, so they're, they're, they come together and why do they stay together? Because they have usefully complementary skills. Okay. I find money is a, is, is a much more... Money and, and support is... A, yeah, though I, I am... Though there is a model for that which we have available, which, which is... Um, what was it? It's not the tourist board. It's called Visit Florida TM. <laughs> uh, but but we felt that they they, they um, clearly have, have poor accounting standards, yeah, uh, and they would probably have an interest in an organisation which which would um, act to suppress the things well, that eat tourists. Well, yes, and suppress news of things that eat tourists. Uh, so that that's a possibility for the longer term. The thing is, I, I am trying to get away from the you, basically you you are part of an organisation. That, yeah. that has big resources it can put behind you, which which I've used uh, in, in yeah, a couple of recent games. Uh, okay, is there a big organisation that they're not part of? That's not something that's clear to the players yet. All right, um, in that there, case, there, let's there just are, consider that question. It, 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 is certain, it is certainly the case, though I haven't gone into detail, that there are large government organisations that are aware monsters are out there and would much rather that they were working for the government. Hmm. Uh, yeah, that that can be part of the FBI agent's backstory. Um, you are hmm. so, but so uh, there's the start. The the thing I'm aim- aiming to do for the week to week, yeah, is is try to keep a balance between um, the monster of the week and some a gradual lead up to the season enemy. Okay, is the uh. Is the or is there a singular origin of monsters, or is this not yet known? But there seem to be a lot more of them lately, so that right. is a possibility. Um, if this were a TV series, you'd be aiming to discover the singular origin of monsters somewhere about season six, I think. Well, yeah, except with the TV series, you can't plan that far ahead. And frankly, no, for this true. campaign, I can't either because I don't know how long a season's going to last yet. True. There's a lot of material out there that I can use for this. This is one of the reasons I set it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's a slightly odd position for me because I, I never really got on with Buffy. I saw a couple of episodes and just didn't do anything for me. Oh, I'm so sad. Um, though I did enjoy Lost Girl and Sleepy Hollow, two, mm. two recent series with a broadly monster hunty sort of yeah, theme. Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow's uh, American patriotism got on my tits a little. Yeah, the thing is, it, in in both cases, I preferred the earlier seasons to the late stuff because I, I like to have that mix of here is the new thing and here is the ongoing plot. I, and and I, I think I think it's an error I've made in my own games of too much on too much of the ongoing thing and not enough of the here is a problem we can solve right now and feel good about. Mm. They the, the early seasons tend to tend to be good because it's more mysterious and you have. Less commitment to uh, to previously existing um, backstory, but uh, on, on the other hand, sometimes when the backstory all comes together at once, it's quite magnificent. 
Yeah, there certainly is going to be a backstory, but I'm but I'm but I'm trying to um, keep that a bit more in the background. All right, no, well, I will ask you no more backstory related questions then. Um, what's the feel of it? Of, uh... Well, one of the players ha- had a uh, crucial revelation, which which I jumped on, hmm. which is the correct setting for this is Florida, as portrayed by Carl Hyerson and Tim Dorsey. Okay, I, I, these are people I know not of. Uh, Florida weird or Florida noir hmm. are the usual descriptions. So, you know, ev- ev- every second car has a body in the trunk and or a suitcase of cocaine. Yeah. And the cops are corrupt? The cops are the biggest gang in town. Right. And uh, you can't turn to them. For... Are, are the cor- cops corrupt? corrupted by the monsters? Now, that's a background question, which I will not... Well, some, some of them may be, but if if you mean, are they a branch of monsters? No. All right. Now, there are problems you could turn to the cops for help with. You know, I've just found this suitcase of cocaine. Where should What should I do with it, officer? Oh, oh give it to us. Uh, a receipt? You want a receipt? <laughs> One suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. The... Uh... But but yeah, some some of this is because it fits the setting. Some of it is because um, I, I want to emphasise the PCs being thrown on their own resources. And these are four hundred point GURPS characters. They have oh. quite a lot of resources of their own. Um, have they built them with contacts and money? Um, not much. I, one, one of the other things I'm, I'm trying for, though they haven't haven't really jumped on it yet, is associated NPCs. Mm. And I, I I would like them to have. Some some group of friends with or without actual point value in GURPS terms. Yeah. Um, so I shall remind them of that, and some of them may even listen to this and think of it. Mm. Um, yeah, as, as far as I'm concerned, if 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 you have a good friend and you don't buy them as an ally or a dependent, you're saying, okay, I don't want them menaced by the monster. I don't want them helping me in the adventure. But that yeah. doesn't mean they don't exist. You you, you can be a perfectly um, normal person while having spent and gained zero points on. Yeah. Um... Eddie, Eddie the barkeeper may be useful if it if it's the story, but it's you don't have a right to to demand that he be useful, um, or get the points for him being constantly threatened by your enemies. Hmm. I think um, if I was setting out, given the generous um, point um, allowance, I think I might be inclined to to have said keep some points in reserve. For later revelations, well, there are templates mm. um, which have some some scope for variation. But basically, yeah, you 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 run through this, you you will end up with four hundred points. I, I may well dump a chunk of points on them later. Yeah, um, well, or at least encourage them. The earned points can be used to say, well, actually, my old professor who, yeah, well, it's one of the things that comes out of TV mode. Um, Will probably be entirely acceptable to say, "Oh yeah, didn't didn't I ever tell you I I, I learned I learned how to how to drive a small boat when I was in the navy." Actually, I spent five years with the circus. Mm-hmm. Another thing that's been coming along is uh, for for the for this first adventure, I have I have a specific group of villains, mm. and basically, I'm I'm treating them like a bunch of PCs. They they have specific plans and goals that they're trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they become aware of opposition, brackets the real PCs. They, they, yeah. they modify their plans as a result of that. So rivals, rivals. Well, not or exactly. Enemies. I mean, they're, they're not trying to do the same things the PCs would do. But they're doing. And, and I've been doing a lot of reading about white supremacist groups. Aha. Uh-huh. Um, but you know, they're not all mindless thugs. That's easy. That's the that's the that's the simple answer that mm. isn't satisfying. There, there are smart people who get involved in these things. I, I, I may find them despicable, but they're not acting stupidly. So they're exploiting the monsters. They're not being the monsters yet. Mm, reserve the answer on that. Okay, <laughs> right, fine. Some of his players listen to this, you know. Yeah. Um, so basically, this is one of those rare cases where, where most of the... Um, Necessary campaign decisions have have fallen into roughly the right shape, mm. I think. Uh, okay, I've only run three sessions so far. I'm not so I'm not uh, scrabbling desperately for material as I always do in a game. You know, yeah. game I'm running. But uh, how far ahead of you are you? 
I know, I know, I know the. Well, it's not exactly the the plot. I'm, I I know how the pilot would end if I were writing it as linear fiction. Yeah. Uh, I I have various things the PCs can interact with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, but you have said to, to me, you have said to the world on this podcast that you should have um, what three, four, five episodes in mind. Yeah, I, I have individual episodes after that, uh, which mostly consist of, here, here is a set of monster stats. What would be an interesting thing to do with this monster? Mm-hmm. And, goodness, does that really imply that? Gosh, really, it does. What a, what a vile combination. Ew. Which may become apparent at the beginning of Pilot Part 2. Well, the... Uh... I can only wish you that. One technical question: Are you are using the ritual path magic? Yes, um, the the witch is using that um, because these are all experienced GURPS players. We're using the uh, full version that got published in its own book, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make a lot of changes. How you find? Uh, well, it's probably too soon to tell how you're finding it as a extremely flexible and pretty darn powerful, hmm. but slow. You have to. Yes, I mean it, it. It it's not second to second combat magic, but if it it's it's very definitely as happened last session, hide hide round the corner and throw viewpoints into somebody's car slash house. Mm, right. Okay. If you don't mind taking you know, five, ten, fifteen minutes. Right. I'll bear that in mind. I'm sort of poking around with it myself for an, for another use. Uh, oh. It it doesn't hurt that I, that I have an inventive player doing it. So. Uh, that is uh, with ritual path magic. That is sort of required. I think. But yeah, so so far it seems reasonable that there there are some fair restrictions on what you can do with it. Hmm. Uh, no, 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 no easy resurrections, that sort of thing. Yeah, there there are problems with easy resurrections, which one day we should probably talk about. Oh well, good luck, and uh, and 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 I and I hope that your season is renewed. Well, I I have plans for season two. Yeah, which uh, when I have the idea, I write them write them down and don't think about them again because otherwise I get distracted. As, as we've said before, don't don't start planning the next campaign while you're still running the first one. Yeah, I, I, I'm bad that way. Okay, onward. I'm coming to the end of a Cthuloid, fairly Cthuloid uh, campaign, um, and we've just had what has been the first big fight of the, the campaign as we uh, sweep into the cultists' lair and stop them in the middle of a vile ritual. TM. TM. It's a classic, I tell you. And the referee said to me that he hates doing combat because he's always sure that he's doing it wrong. And that may account for for certain longers in the uh, structure of the campaign because I've always felt that um, having somebody come through the door with a uh, at you with a gun is uh, a valid mode in mm. most um, games, especially uh, Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. Um, but with that in mind, I thought we might talk about the difficulties of running combat and the things that go wrong and the things that we do wrong when or when we're running it. Um, I, I think one, one thing to say is, is it's almost always slow. Yeah. That's not necessarily a bad thing. If the players are enjoying it, mm. then it doesn't matter that you just took half an hour to play out five seconds of real time. Because they because they got the chance to do their combat moves and be awesome and have fun. Yeah, you are. Uh, the The problem is that this is a moment at which the details very much matter, but you want a sense of excitement and not a sense of I need to look at the rules. Yeah, I, I would say that as with any bit of a game, if if you're having to look up the rules, something is wrong. And generally, I would much rather. Um, Make, make make a plausible looking judgment at the time and and check later. And, yeah, um, I, I get players who argue with me doing that, but I but I say no. This is my decision. Move it. Move along. We'll look up what the rule actually is. 
later because we don't have fifteen minutes to try. Yeah, I, I'm it, it does help if you know if you know your rules very uh, rules book layout very well. It does. I, I'm suffering with uh, RuneQuest Glorantha a little bit on that. It's um, well from from previous comments. It seems that uh, looking up the rules doesn't always give you an answer anyway. That's also true. I'm afraid. Um, I'm looking forward to the second edition of RuneQuest Glorantha. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the thing is you need to create a sense of where everything is. Now I don't mm. normally use maps, um, at this stage of my GM in Korea, partly because one of my games is always sitting around, um, somebody's living room. The other game is at a table, but I don't know that maps desperately help all the time. Yeah. The, the thing, that but you I'm... need to create that, that sense of this is what's happening and do it without creating different pictures in the minds of the players. Yeah, particularly when a player has made plans based on a, a misunderstanding of what you said. That, yeah. That is just annoying for everybody. Uh, it is even more annoying if I've said something that I thought I hadn't said. Um, and I have a recorded um, record to um, <laughs> yeah, uh, prove that I was wrong. Yeah, I, I've never... well. Very, very briefly, but no, never seriously gamed with um, miniatures and moving stuff about on the map. Uh, in in a sufficiently complex situation, that the players know that they can always ask me for a sketch map. Yeah, uh, and they they will they will do that if if they think things are becoming unclear. The- very, very often, um, the fight is you know you're over here where there's a car you can hide behind or there's a bit of open ground or there's the bad guys hiding behind the other car and you don't really need a map for that you just need to say okay i know which mm. of those zones i'm in yeah the the idea of zones is is important for the uh, fate uh, system and they they tend to use very general sketch maps this is near this is far this is here yeah when when i looked at that i found, i thought it was a bit on the restrictive side though obviously yeah or you could make a horribly complicated mm. thing that would slow things down but but just generally if if you've got that sort that sort of battle you don't need to say okay it I'm, I'm going to step three hexes forward. You say, okay, it's that far away. It's going to take me two seconds to cover the ground, so they're going to get to shoot me twice. So let's, let's maybe not do that. Yeah. Um, I really wish that I had the devotion to create proper dungeon maps. It gives a strong sense of being there, and that's very important, mm. especially in combat. Um, well, you, you have the thing that, uh, that, that, that large iPad that I would have thought would make a good thing to put in the middle of a table and say, right, the, the, this red blob is you, this blue blob is you. We can move those around separately from the map. I'm sure there's software to do that. Ooh, you come up, you come up with an idea. Yes, it might, it might be possible. The, I have seen tables of, or at least I've seen pictures of tables which are entirely um, LED display and where you can put uh, quite large maps mm. on. I mean, large in the sense of filling the entire table. Um, but that's a piece of kit for somebody who has a bigger house than I do. Yeah, the, the, the cheaper version of this involves mounting projector on the ceiling. Um, but again, mm. it's, well, it's a fairly big investment of money, time, nails. Software engineering. Uh, somebody must have done it. Oh, yeah. Software's easy. Sequence is the other thing that goes wrong very easily in um, in combat situations. Yeah. Um, losing track of, to a certain extent, I, I violate the, the, the spirit of simulationism by breaking down as much as possible the combat into individual sections. So I can say, this is what this player is facing. This is what these two players are facing together. Mm. And each turn resolve those situations. It's not perfectly right because some, at some point, you're gonna you're gonna end a turn with somebody having slain their monster over there, and wanting to turn around and see what they can do and who they can hit, mm. and that involves intervening and in RuneQuest strike ranks. Well, in GURPS, with, with a very few exceptions, most of which don't apply to standard characters, you have essentially one action in the same time as anybody else will take one action. Yeah, which is nominally a second. Um. And what, what the simplification I almost always do, I, I have my cheat sheet, yeah. uh, which, which I generate off GCA files with the yeah. character sheets. And from that, 
uh, uh, I have the order that the characters will act in relative to each other. Yeah. Which is set. And from that, I, I simply say, okay, um, whichever, whichever side was, was doing the ambushing, yeah. usually usually it was one or the other, um, they, they will get their actions. Then, then the characters in order, because I can just read the order of the characters off the sheet. If I, if I don't have that sort of mm. system, I will simply go around the room and I don't care what their dexterities are. Yeah. Um, I, I, but all the characters act, all the enemies act, all the characters act. Yeah, I, I, going around the table is a violation of the principles of simulationism, but very much, much easier to manage. Yeah. Uh, um, well, that, that's the thing that the cheat sheet doesn't make, makes it possible to do it you know, in, they in character order. You know, if you ask them, they don't want to shift around so that they're actually in order of, of action. Yeah, but, but, but the cheat sheet just has, has all the names, so I'll say, okay, you know, Dave, what are you doing? Yeah, but that, I, I suspect that causes them to lose um, awareness of where they are sometimes. I think I may have mentioned that one, one of the DMs I knew when I was first gaming uh, had the habit of going around the table and saying, what, what are you doing, X? And if you didn't have an answer, you missed your turn. Mm. Because it's... otherwise things could just take a long time, particularly we were often playing in school lunch breaks and things like that. Um, so... I mean, it, this doesn't doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to do X. It it could mean tell me about situation Y, and then I'll give you a decision. Yeah, the, the, well, the fact that they are going to come back with a, with, a, with a question which will take the form. Hang on a minute. Uh, what what spreads character doing, and can I can I see it from here? Um, you, it, that's what what stretches the time out. In principle, I, I I'm. I'm I'm in favour of pe- people ha- having their uh, their actions ready. I try and do that myself um, uh, when when I'm, I'm I'm playing an art refereeing. But another, another thing that I think goes wrong with combat, though, this is more a rules question. Um, I've recently been running Dragon Warriors um, uh-huh. fantasy system, originally from the 1980s, uh, which I still rather like. But it does have the basic problem that once you are in a fight. Um, you know what you need to roll each turn, and you really don't have any options. You don't have a defensive move. You don't have a, you know, save up my attack and, and hit extra hard next time. You just try to hit, or you, or you don't try to hit, and that that gets grindy, particularly yeah. when you're when both sides' chances of hitting are relatively low, yeah. or as in Tuesday night's game, one side's chance of hitting is relatively low, and the NPC can't roll dice for toffee. <laughs> Unreliable creatures, NPCs. Um, yeah, the, uh, simplifying the—I don't think simplifying the system necessarily improves flow. Well, I, I think that is oversimplification for my current taste. Yeah, I mean, when I was playing in the eighties, that was fine. Now, uh, now, now, I would like the fighter to have a decision to make. Yeah, I, I, because it's all about decisions. One thing that doesn't go well. Things that go wrong in combat include you not knowing the GM going into it without realizing how deadly their monsters, their the opposition, is, mm. um, and you not going into it without being prepared for the fact you you might just kill them outright. Um, you can make errors with monsters either way. The uh, uh, the giant crocodiles that they faced uh, uh, on, in my game on Wednesday were deeply disappointing. I mean, I, I, I was looking forward to them bashing through through the gates of the fort, but no, no, dead, dead in a flurry of, of, of disrupts of all things. We shall be writing a stern letter to crocodiles are us. Yeah, I, I, you're certainly substandard crocodiles, I shall say. Um... But the but the dragon snails which crawled up the walls afterwards were, were gave gave really good value. <laughs> uh, but the yeah, you can make the monsters too weak, or you can make them too shockingly powerful, and there is nothing, and there is a sensation which isn't joyous, of you rolling the critical arm, which uh, which fries one of the player characters, and then you have to go into is there any way I can save them? Mode. Mm. I I. I try to be both generous and fair here. If they do, if they aren't capable of dying, um, then there is a lack of tension in the game. But 
if I save them too easily or allow them to be saved, uh, then that causes other problems. Yeah, this is the thing that I think rules can help with to some extent. Um, you take take a situation like GURPS, where generally speaking, there there is a substantial space between you are now going to fall down mm. and you are now dying. Yeah, it's called the now you roll for unconsciousness. Yeah, specifically you roll for it every every time you try to take an action. Yeah, and most sensible PCs will take the hint and stop trying to fight at this point. And being fair, given how lethal an individual PC is, most sensible monsters will will then ignore them and concentrate on the ones who are still trying to kill them. Yeah. I I, I must not have sensible players. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I heard myself, I was um, I was writing up uh, an old um, an old session for my column in A&E, and it was part of my Stargate VRI campaign in which Victorian adventurers uh, face the uh, face the wonders of other worlds and the one, one of the players said she had barrister, being a barrister duty in the morning and could we roll, wrap up then and I heard myself say alright I'll just roll this and see if Hartley dies <laughs> and, and the next thing I, 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 my, the, the fates were obviously against me but the next thing I knew, I knew, I didn't. I was just checking that he didn't quite reach the drop dead threshold, but now had to roll to stay conscious. And given that he had just taken uh, eight dice burning damage, he fell fell unconscious mercifully. So what I'm saying is, gems everywhere. Watch what your mouth is saying, and do not tempt the fates. Also consider if you're running GURPS, hard to kill. That's for the players. Players consider mm. hard to kill. It's very annoying when the when the when the GM gives the gives the opposition hard to kill. Right. I I was running a dungeon bash game once in which the party had run in. I was converting the monsters on the fly. Yeah. Party ran into a troll, classic D and D regenerating troll. Mm. And I thought, okay, obviously it's it's getting its hit points back at a moderate rate, um, but also it, it's clearly pretty tough and you know, fairly staying conscious and so on. So I'll give it health 14. That doesn't seem excessive. Uh, yeah. That thing was down to about minus four times its original hit points before it finally mercifully lost consciousness. It would probably have preferred to lose consciousness much earlier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someday, some days you just can't pass out. And now, this month's episode of The Fathomless Sleep. The man who photographed Charlie Chaplin. Yeah, get a, get, get a couple of hours sleep, get back sort of before leaving for work time to this guest house. Keep an eye out for Spielman. Okay. If his car's there, I'll park near the car. The plan's to follow him, get him somewhere quiet and have some words. Okay, Spielman's... Um... You make your way to, to the uh, to the guest house and find a convenient alleyway from which to observe him. It's... Um... It's a small freestanding structure on the um, on the on the property of um, another person. Basically, um, they're being allowed. Uh, he, he's he's staying he's staying in somebody else's annex, mm-hmm. and when you see her come in, come out first thing in the morning to collect the milk, she, you've got a vague feeling you've seen her doing small parts or at Hollywood parties. Mm-hmm. Um, she's blonde, good-looking, Germanic. Um, and and a while, a good while later, Spielman emerges from guest house and gets into his car and goes off. Let's see where he goes. Okay, where does he go? 
hands. Make a roll against your shadow, I think. I seem to be using a lot more of my general abilities than my investigative ones, but never mind. Uh That's a... Eight. More than good enough to keep him in in sight. He's heading over towards uh, Chaplin's place. He's got a telephoto lens on the end of a very Germanic-looking camera. And is taking photos um, from a distance of what looks like um, a mixture of 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 party and um, film set where Chaplin is busy working on something. He's got uh, makeup people and pretty girls, and he's putting people in front of cameras and. Mm-hmm. Uh, asking them to do things and running through and just being Charlie Chaplin, you yeah. know, he's being the great director and uh, not the great comedian, but he, he appears to be happy and working on something. So while, while Spielman's concentrating on this, I can slide up beside him. And he's taking picture. Oh, the, you know, so when Spielman, when Chaplin moves towards one of the younger, prettier girls on the set. And uh, um, flirts with, um, gets close to her. <coughs> Spielman whips out the camera and starts clicking away, mm-hmm. and is fairly unaware of you until you're right up next to him. I think at this moment, uh, you need to roll against. Not shadowy, maybe stealth. Stealth, yeah. Yeah, eleven. Yeah, all right. He's, he he puts the camera down, and then he knows notices you're seated beside him. Morning. Ah! He he, he cries out, and uh, and the camera flies up into the air, and then lands in your lap. I think he dropped this. He's not a client. What you do with him is none of my business. What do you want? I'd like to know about somebody else you've been working with. That you didn't mention when we spoke yesterday. You know the guy you uh, followed me from, let's say. He had a friend. Maybe she's a communist too. But you worked with her. I don't know what you're talking about. I am a respectable member of the journalistic profession. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you are. But, uh, you know, getting the shot. Sometimes they make it easy for you, they, they line themselves up like that. Sometimes you, ne- you need to have somebody on the inside to, to, to make sure the shot's set up right, yeah? It as if he, he's no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> And as if he's deeply terrified of you. There are not enough photographs here. I should have one to show him. Uh, of whom? Helen. Yeah, that's true. You should have asked. Well, you should have asked, shouldn't you? Yeah. Uh, he's... I don't... This is... Yeah, guy's got to make a living. I understand that. And any any content I feel for you is purely personal. All right. At this moment in time, something he breaks, something um, happens behind his eyes, and he just decides that's enough. And suddenly, there's a knife in his hand, a flick knife, and he's coming. He's he's reaching over towards you. As if he knows what he's doing with it. Um, this is a fighting uh, test. Mm-hmm. Eleven. You disarm him. You suck, knock, knock him un- unconscious, oh, and, okay. and take the flick knife off him. Gain edge two. 
and he's sta- he's sitting there unconscious. Unfortunately, his head is now um, is now on the uh, on the. Oh, he um, was in the car. He was in the car. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, let's haul, haul him back fairly quickly. Car's loose all the time. Somebody, the chaplain looks up and over at you. Back again. L- 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 little salute, not holding a camera. <laughs> Goes. Look, nothing against. No, I have to slap around a bit to wake him up, I guess. Ah! If, if we're in that genre. Don't do this at home, folks. It usually knocks him out even worse. <laughs> so I'm told. Go on. It's not you I'm after here, it's, it's the dame. What? What? What about her? I, I know. She is just a woman. Who, who set up that job? What, what job? Your feeling is that he's not... The shrimpy accountant guy. Hang on a sec. At this moment in time, i got to figure out what he knew at what point... <laughs> huh? The shrimpy. He took some pictures. I, I took some pictures. Yeah. Why did he. Excuse me. At this moment in time, the GM fails to maintain a per- picture of total coolness. Where the heck was he involved with. Excuse me. I'm going by what I, what I got off. Uh, no, no, you're quite right. And I'm not at all clear why he. Okay, this is the point at which why was Spit Alright, this is the point where this may fall apart. I've no idea why Spielman was doing why Spielman... Well I'm I'm assuming both he and she were employed by somebody else. Spielman's I, I, there's nothing I But why did he follow it up? Why did why does it's just I'm one of the people least able to answer this question. I know, right? I know. Let <laughs> um, uh, me go back to uh, let me go back to the basic time outline of the thing and try and make sense of it. This is going to get cut immensely. Yeah, no worries. I saw it. Nobody employed. I. I was looking. I was observing the hotel for other reasons, and I saw her and him leave, and I thought, there is guilt. I have seen it, mm-hmm. and I... Now, now, now we understand each other. I went and I, 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 I went and saw to, to see him, to see if I could perhaps encourage him to um, subsidize my researches. Film isn't free. This is true. And they charge for the processing too. And I have I go and see him and he mentions to me who he actually works for. And at this point I am losing interest because this is not you know, the focus of my concern. Which is with subversives like Mr. Chaplin. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I did not wish to pursue that. You see, I was observing the hotel for other reasons, and uh, mm-hmm. and uh, this this avenue of inquiry did not um, did not uh, prove fruitful. And you recall that he he described uh, Phil Block as being a, a, a violent, terrifying person, and it is indicative of Spielman's place on the on the chain of existence that he is capable of thinking this. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I. I am trying to do good here. I, uh... mm-hmm. 
the great circle of life. Distributing the money from the wealthy to the less fortunate? No, 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 wait, that's the other guys. I, I am protecting the American way of life. If he had a flag, he would wave it. <laughs> oh, you'll need this. Get the camera. Thank you. Now, I have already spent Streetwise. Yeah. However, I'd, um, I, I'm after ideally a bit of background knowledge. Okay. The system is presumably not the only organization that might have an interest in, in things in LA. You I'm, have... I'm looking for any, any stories about their rivals. You have heard... Well, you know for a fact that some years back, Al Capone... Uh, tried to move in to uh, Los Angeles and the system sat him down in a hotel room and explained to him in excruciating detail why this would not be a good idea. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Capone went back to Chicago and did not attempt that again. And shortly thereafter ended up in jail on income tax charges. However, you've heard and you've not had um, any details that there are fresh attempts by um, New York-based gangsters to muscle in on the... Oh, this isn't looking good, but which side disposed of the tool? New yeah. Hell, this is where it would be a really good thing to have uh, Mr. Alexander as a friend. Mm-hmm. That says something about where, they, where this has gone. Yeah. That's it for this month. If you want to tell us where you cocked up combat, uh, you can contact us. Leave a comment on the website or send email to podcast at tekeli.ly. And we'll be back in another month's time.